anybody here live with fear? Anybody? No, not us. Yes. Maybe you're feeling fear right now. What is this guy going to do up here? Maybe he'll call my name, ask me to stand up, give my testimony. Fear just kind of courses through us, doesn't it? It keeps rolling and it keeps rolling. I'll give you my testimony. I live with fear. Sometimes it's a storm that's temporary. It generates anxiety. And then it passes. I've also lived through storms where I didn't really know what was going to happen. It went on longer than it should, and my fear became a kind of chronic fear. And then I've lived with things for years in my family, among my friends, where that fear kicks up to a whole other level, like the kind of fear that you think might sink your ship. It's what we call catastrophic fear or catastrophizing. And it becomes a cage that wears you out. I think uh, about a story that I know of, uh, I read about uh, a man who would go for a walk. And as he went for a walk on this one particular day, he looked out and there was this great field and there were these uh, golden retrievers just sort of running through the field. It was like it's a glorious sight. If you're a dog lover, you can just imagine these dogs flopping around, the tails wagging, and the tongues hanging out, and just happy, just blissful. But there was one dog, the fourth dog, that just kept running in circles. And it was so strange. It just kept running in circles. Finally, the man walked by one day and he looked to the person who owned the dogs and he said, tell me about this dog. He said, you know, this dog is a rescue dog. He spent his life in a cage. And he kept running in circles and running in circles. And I'm trying to teach this dog a new way of life. I'm trying to rehabilitate this dog. So that it can kind of finally experience the life that it was intended to live. How do we do that? When there, is, there are so many storms that go on in our lives, in our world, literal storms in places like Hawaii, how do we find the faith to persevere? Well, here's a big thing to know. Okay, so let me, flashing lights, ready? Flashing lights. The big mistake is to think that you can generate faith in yourself. Now, that's a big thing to realize, because we often talk about our faith. This is my faith. My faith is this. My faith is that. I need to go do something to acquire faith. And that's the big mistake, because faith doesn't come from you. I'm sorry to break the news. It comes from God. And every bit of fear that you and I have, as legitimate it is to have fear, is really 
a spiritual issue. And every bit of fear that we have, the crises that we have, is not necessarily a crisis of belief, like is there a God? You might say that. I want to suggest to you something else. Flashing lights, flashing lights. It's always a crisis of practice. Because what faith is, is a gift that God gives us when we open our lives and ask Him to come in. It's a practice. It's a practice that we do and we need to do every single day. We wake up in the morning. Thank you, God, for the gift of this day. We go throughout the day and we live with God. So again, what do we do with this fear? I'm going to take you through a couple of steps. Can I take you through some steps? You want something practical to do? Okay, let's do it. All right. When I'm feeling fear, one of the first things I do is to surrender. Can you say that? Surrender. That's right. There comes a point in all of our lives when life just becomes unmanageable. Have you been there? Some of you that are in recovery know exactly what I'm talking about. There comes a point when our lives become unmanageable. We don't want to admit it. We, Lord knows we don't want people to think that we're not fine, right? <laughs> we're not living the dream. Yeah. You all have heard what fine means. You've heard it right. F-I-N-E, freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> <laughs> So we surrender. And what I do to accompany my prayers is I listen to music. And there's a song I listen to that helps me get into the mode of surrendering, of emptying and inviting to come, God to come in. It's called, I Surrender All. Has anybody heard it? I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will always love and trust Him. In His presence I will live. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Jesus, my precious Jesus, I surrender all. So I, we make space for God. We make space for Him to come into our hearts. All to Jesus I surrender, Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Thy love and power. Let Thy blessings fall on me. What are we doing there? We're asking for God's power. Because what does the scripture say? God's power is made perfect in our weakness. God's power is made perfect in realized and felt in our weakness. And when we surrender, our surrender is an act of trust. I love the story about uh, Frederick Buechner. He was uh, driving down the road. He was dealing with an issue with his daughter. Whew, I get emotional thinking about this. I will tell you a story in a bit. You know, it's really something when you're a parent and you have a child and, and you're trying to do everything you can for that child and, and you just it's just not enough. You, you can't fix it. And Buechner was feeling this way as his daughter was dealing with a eating disorder. He kept spinning. He had that fear. And then he, he had that continual fear. And then he had that 
catastrophizing fear. Have you been there? And he decided he would go for a drive just to kind of uh, you know, meditate and reflect. And as he was driving down the road, he kind of dozed off, and a, and a car came up from behind him and kind of went beep beep. Whoa! You know, Ooh, I hate it when that happens. But it woke him up. Right? And the car drove. Are you a beeper? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, and the and the car drove around. And he looked at the car, and he, and he just looked at the license plate. And would you believe it, on the back of the license plate, there were, there were these letters, T-R-U-S-T, trust. Trust. Turned out it was a trust officer from a bank. <laughs> and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I can tell you, God does great things with bankers. <laughs> But he looked up, he, 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 he told that story, and, and he eventually um, discovered the person uh, who had that car, and, and the guy gave him the license plate. And he said, of all the places he's traveled and all the things he's collected, that license plate is the holiest of relics. Boy, I wish I could give you that plate today. Would you Would you take it if I gave it to you? Yeah, put it right there in your heart. Put it on your wall. Every single day we trust. We trust in God's power. And so we see the movement. Do you see the movement? Surrender. We surrender every day. We trust. God finds God's way into our heart. There's a, another hymn that I, I love. It's an it's a anthem by somebody called Philip Stopford. And I listen to it when the fear comes in. It's, I love it because it's kind of like a, a love letter from God. A love letter from the Father, from the Abba, Abba. You know, it's like one of the sounds that a baby makes. Dad, 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 mom, 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 mom. It's guttural. It's the deep desire that we have for union with God. It goes, do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. When you walk through the waters, I'll be with you. You will never sink beneath the waves. When the fire is burning all around you, you will never be consumed by the flames. When the fear of loneliness is looming, then remember I'm at your side. When you dwell in the exile of a stranger, remember you are precious in my eyes. You are my child and I am your father. And I love you with a perfect love. A perfect love that can sustain us when we surrender and we trust and we open our hearts to God. That story I said I was going to tell you is a, is a deeply personal one. When I thought about telling it to you, I uh, 
feel all the emotions coming back. When our, uh, when our daughter was born, uh, she stopped eating and drinking when she was four months old. And we had to uh, feed her with a tube first down through her esophagus and then through a G-tube seven times a day for almost 18 months. Through the storm and through the night, lead me on through the night. Take my hand, precious Lord, and lead me home. I don't have the strength, Lord, but you have the strength. Lead me. And then that trust again kicked in. Brennan Manning talks about a particular kind of trust, ruthless trust. Can you say that? Ruthless trust. It's like a defiant trust. I will not let this overcome us. And I would play another hymn, and it's called The Storm is Passing Over, even though I didn't know that if, when the storm was going to pass over. And it goes, Courage, my soul, let us journey on. Though the night is dark, it won't be long. Thanks be to God, the morning light appears. The storm is passing over. Hallelujah. The storm is passing over. And this was the big learning. This is the big learning for me. Is that I used to be so fixated on outcomes. Anybody here fixated on outcomes? <laughs> yes. I was so fixated on outcomes. But after being broken down by so much fear and so much difficulty, I realized that what I just really wanted was Jesus. Jesus has become my outcome. Jesus has become my beginning and my ending. And Jesus is where I find hope. One last story. It's the third thing that we do after we surrender and we trust and we seek Jesus' power in our life. And that is that we give thanks. Thanksgiving is a way that we, we, we power through the storm because Thanksgiving is a way of staying focused on the power and presence of Christ. We thank God. And I'm not, you know, it's, there's a real big difference between somebody who thanks and somebody who doesn't thank because if, if you don't thank God on a regular basis, you lose sight of God and something else becomes our point of focus. I remember one time I was uh, asked to go see somebody in the hospital. And it was, uh, you know, was kind of a scare, but nothing horrible had happened. Uh, I think the person might have had a kidney stone or something. Not comfortable, but not life-threatening. 
So I remember going to the hospital and uh, going into the room, and, and, and it was it was a, a double room. You remember, have you been in these, you know, double room, right? So, oh, who's that person next to me, right? You know, double room. And, and, and there was a curtain that was dividing the two. And, and I didn't see any names on the wall. So I walk in, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder which person it is. So you know what I did? I just kind of listened. Kind of, I was like, so I listened to one woman talk about how hard things have been. It's been so hard. It's been so difficult. And the people didn't come see me as much. I didn't get any sleep. And the food was terrible. And it's just been a really long, a long journey. I thought. That's not my person. Then I heard somebody say, thank you, God. I'm just so thankful, talking on the telephone. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for God. I'm so thankful for my life. I'm so thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for my church. I'm so thankful for everything that I have in my life. And I'm going to be okay. I'm going to persevere. I said, well, that must be my person right there, right? <laughs> so I open up the sheet. It was the wrong person. <laughs> so what I saw completely blew me away. There was a woman sitting in the bed with a sheet drawn back who had had both legs amputated. But somehow, she had surrendered. She had trusted. She was seeking God. She was looking to the future and giving thanks in all things. I don't know what you're dealing with in your life right now. I don't know what storm you're going through. But I want you to know that God is present. That He is for you and that He is near you. And He will always walk beside you. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.